The Gospel reading for this morning comes from Luke's Gospel, beginning in the third chapter at the 15th verse. Luke wrote these things. The interest of the people by now was building. They were all beginning to wonder, could this John be the Messiah? But John intervened. I'm baptizing you here in the river. The main character in this drama, to whom I'm a mere stagehand, will ignite the kingdom life of fire, the Holy Spirit within you, changing you from the inside out. He's going to clean house, make a clean sweep of your lives. He'll place everything true in its proper place before God. Everything false, he'll put out with the trash to be burned. And there was a lot more of this, words that gave strength to the people, words that put heart in them, the message. But Herod, the ruler, stung by John's rebuke in the matter of Herodias, his brother Philip's wife, capped his long string of evil deeds with this outrage. He put John in jail. And after all the people were baptized, Jesus was baptized. And as he was praying, the sky opened up and the Holy Spirit, like a dove descending, came down on him. And along with the Spirit, a voice, You are my Son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Amen. Would you pray with me, please? Gracious and loving God, you call us across deep waters and dark places. Yours is the light which guides us and the voice which we follow. And we pray that you would send your spirit upon us. As we worship you, may we hear your voice once again. Speak to each of us, speak to all of us, for we give you all the praise and glory. And it is in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. An artist was standing along a beautiful river in France where he was painting a picture of the landscape. And a group of children came by and watched the artist as he caught the beauty of the clouds, the river, and the trees with his brushes. And finally, one of the girls in the group could not contain her enthusiasm any longer and asked, Mister, can you get us into that picture? In our Gospel reading from Luke this morning, Jesus wades into the water and presents himself for baptism. But unlike other Gospels, Luke doesn't seem too concerned about recording the event of Jesus' baptism. You see, he spent the first three chapters of his Gospel carefully crafting the interweaving of the lives of these two individuals, Jesus and John the Baptist. And more than any other writer, he focuses on the relationship between these two prophesied figures. He uses this moment, really, to distinguish John from Jesus. 
Now John first declares that he's so far removed from the stature and the power of the coming one that he's not worthy to untie the thong of his sandals. And second, John humbles himself before the Messiah. Luke still holds up the necessity of John's mission, his message of repentance and the symbolic baptism with water that cleanses folks from sin. Yet John's baptism is with water. The coming Messiah offers a greater one, a baptism of the Holy Spirit and with fire. So Jesus submits to this baptism of the people. And as he was praying, the sky opened up and the Holy Spirit, like a dove descending, came down on him. And along with the Spirit, a voice, you're my son, chosen and marked by my love, pride of my life. And we learn in a really powerful way, I think, that baptism is about something else as well. It's about identity. This is not only about what can be seen, but also about the inside of things. You know, folks, I think many times people look upon God's handiwork and only see the outside of things. Never the promise, the potential, the miracle, really, of what lies below the surface. Whether the amazing gift of new life in an infant or someone who really truly meets Jesus for the very first time, there are many who only see the outside and really miss what lies within. And scripture informs us that something very extraordinary lies within us, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now there are some of those who believe, who think that the Holy Spirit is some kind of inanimate object. They accept the idea that the Holy Spirit can live within us, but they don't think that the Spirit does very much. And by so doing, they miss out on what the Spirit can mean and give to each one of us. In an old Peanuts cartoon, Lucy says to Charlie Brown, I would have made a great evangelist. Charlie Brown answers, Mo, is that so? And she says, yes. I convinced that boy in front of me in school that my religion is better than his religion. And Charlie Brown asked, well, how did you do that? And Lucy answers, well, I hit him over the head with my lunchbox. This is a saying that God overused, but it's true. And I mean this in a holy sense. We are all witnesses. And folks, witnesses just witness. They tell their story. They don't prosecute a defendant. They don't convict a defendant. They just tell their story and give a very honest and true account. And why do witnesses just witness? Because they believe that the verdict may well depend on how well they relate what they have seen and heard. 
Our sole job is to love people where we find them or as they find us and to tell them our story. Tell them good news. And you know, this good news thing, it is really something that is accessible in each and every life. It is a power not necessarily visible on the outside that wells up inside and looks for ways to get out. The body of Christ, the church, the community of faith is God's gift to us through baptism. And because it is a gift, we have no right to limit God's gift or to restrict it or to somehow believe that it is ours. The body of Christ, the church, knows no boundaries. It is the free gift of God. Because we are brothers and sisters equally in Christ, as the faithful community of Christ, we care, we help, we pray for, support those brothers and sisters in the community as if they were our blood relatives. We also pray for, minister to, and witness to those who are not yet members of this body so that they might know the love and grace that we have experienced through Christ. We do not hoard good news, but we freely give it to others. We're in epiphany season where we emphasize the light of Christ the light that shines in the darkness. So I'd like for you just for a moment to think about a candle with me. You know, folks, a candle loses nothing by lighting another candle. In fact, it gains. Because there are now two candles that illuminate the darkness. Instead of one light, there are now two. And each light gives strength and courage to the other. Each soul, each person, can lend strength, courage, faith, hope, and love to others as they seek to light up this world. James Autry wrote, and I quote, he said, there is something about putting people under water and raising them up in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Something that makes people cry, that makes them want everything to be all right, that makes them want to leave this place and be better, to immerse themselves in their lives, and somehow be washed clean of the things they should not have done and still should not do. And that's it. Not the other things, the star in the east, the treasures in heaven, or any of the old stories, not even life after death. It's only to be new again. End quote. You know, folks, when you think about it, baptism is a unique event in our lives. It's an event that includes everyone. It is applied to each one equally. And it leads us to be responsible for each other in the community and to be a light of hope and strength for those in Christ and for those who are still searching. Baptism names us. It claims us.
May your light shine. Amen.